Word comes to us from the Old Testament prophet Zephaniah. The prophecy of Zephaniah is really of one piece. We're not going to read all of it, but we're going to read a lot of it tonight. And we're going to begin our reading uh, in chapter 1. We'll read through the first three verses of chapter 2 and then pick up our reading again at chapter 3 and go through the end of the book. Zephaniah chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's word. The word of the Lord that came to Zephaniah, the son of Cushi, son of Gedaliah, son of Amariah, son of Hezekiah, in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will sweep away man and beast. I will sweep away the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea and the rubble with the wicked. I will cut off mankind from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I will cut off from this place the remnant of Baal and the name of the idolatrous priests along with the priests, those who bow down on the roof to the hosts of the heavens, those who bow down and swear to the Lord and yet swear by Milcom, those who have turned back from following the Lord who do not seek the Lord or inquire of him. Be silent before the Lord God. For the day of the Lord is near. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice and consecrated his guests. And on the day of the Lord's sacrifice, I will punish the officials and the king's sons and all who array themselves in foreign attire. On that day, I will punish everyone who leaps over the threshold and those who fill their master's house with violence and fraud. On that day, declares the Lord, a cry will be heard from the fish gate, a wail from the second quarter, a loud crash from the hills. Wail, O inhabitants of mortar, and all the traders are no more. All who weigh out silver are cut off. At that time I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the men who are complacent, those who say up in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. Their goods shall be plundered and their houses laid waste. Though they build houses, they shall not inhabit them. Though they plant vineyards, they shall not drink wine from them. The great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty man cries aloud there. A day of wrath is that day a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blast and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the lofty battlements. I will bring distress on mankind so that they shall walk like the blind because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like dust and on their flesh like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them on the day of the wrath of the Lord. 
In the fire of his jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed for a full and sudden end. He will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. Gather together, yes, gather, O shameless nation, before the decree takes effect, before the day passes away like chaff, before there comes upon you the burning anger of the Lord, before there comes upon you the day of the anger of the Lord. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, who do his just commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you may be hidden in the day of the anger of the Lord. And now picking up our reading at chapter 3, verse 1. Woe to her who is rebellious and defiled the oppressing city. She listens to no voice. She accepts no correction. She does not trust in the Lord. She does not draw near to her God. Her officials within her are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves that leave nothing till the morning. Her prophets are fickle, treacherous men. Her priests profane what is holy. They do violence to the law. The Lord within her is righteous. He does no injustice. Every morning he shows forth his justice. Each dawn he does not fail, but the unjust knows no shame. I have cut off nations. Their battlements are in ruins. I have laid waste their streets so that no one walks in them. Their cities have been made desolate, without a man, without an inhabitant. I said, surely you will fear me. You will accept correction. Then your dwelling would not be cut off according to all that you have, I have appointed against you. But all the more they were eager to make their deeds corrupt. Therefore, wait for me, declares the Lord. For the day when I rise up to seize the prey, for my decision is to gather nations, to assemble kingdoms, to pour out upon them my indignation, all my burning anger, and for, for in the fire of my jealousy all the earth shall be consumed. For at that time I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech, that all of them may call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord. From beyond the rivers of Cush, my worshipers, the daughters of my dispersed ones, shall bring my offering. On that day, you shall not be put to shame because of the deeds by which you have rebelled against me. For then I will remove from your midst your proud, proudly exultant ones, and you shall no longer be haughty in my holy mountain. But I will leave in your midst a people humble and lowly. They shall seek refuge in the name of the Lord, those who are left in Israel. They shall do no injustice and speak no lies, nor shall there be found in their mouth a deceitful tongue. For they shall graze and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. 
For the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival so that you will no longer suffer reproach. Behold, at that time I will deal with all your oppressors, and I will save the lame and gather the outcast. I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time I will bring you in at the time when I gather you together, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, we are looking at the third of what I suggested we should think of as three uh, contemporaneous minor prophets, uh, Nahum and Habakkuk and Zephaniah. Uh, These three prophets all minister at about the same time period, all round numbers, all about 620 B.C. or so. And all three are prophets of judgment, bringing a word of judgment to the nations and a word of judgment to God's people. And uh, while I've said a couple different times that the minor prophets are not strictly chronological, we see that again here. When we think of Nahum and Habakkuk and Zephaniah, Zephaniah is the one who ministered first chronologically of those three. Remember back when we talked about Micah and the courtroom scene, after Micah's word of judgment, there was a hundred years of prophetic silence. Then we looked at Nahum Nahum and the destruction of Nineveh. This comes before that. Last time we looked at Habakkuk, and the destruction of Assyria. This comes before that. This is the first prophetic word heard after that hundred years of silence. And Zephaniah comes and declares to God's people the day of the Lord. Now that phrase, the day of the Lord, was used by a couple other prophets. Amos uses that term. Isaiah uses that term. But no one fleshes it out more fully than Zephaniah. He describes the coming day of the Lord. And so I've called our sermon tonight, Zephaniah, the prophet of the day of the Lord. And he describes that day um, in a series of contrasts. He will contrast what that day of the Lord means for the nations and what it will mean for the people of God in Judah. He will contrast what that day of the Lord means historically when it happened back then and what it means, I'm going to use this this word even though I don't like to, what it means eschatologically, that means finally, in the end, in the final judgment of God. And he contrasts the distinction between the destruction of God and the deliverance of God. And those are the the themes that run together 
and that weave through each other in the prophet Zephaniah. And so we're going to look uh, primarily at those two last themes, the fiery destruction and the promised deliverance, while seeing how these things affect both the nations and the people of God, how they affected them historically, and how they will affect them finally eschatologically. Zephaniah says, there is destruction coming to the nations. Look at verse 14. The great day of the Lord is near. Near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty man cries aloud there. He says this day of the Lord, this day of destruction is near and is hastening. Remember, they had had 100 years of prophetic silence. Micah had warned almost 100 years earlier about a coming judgment and destruction from God. And they were waiting to see that take place. And it wasn't necessarily 10 years later or 20 years later. It's been 100 years later now. And so Zephaniah comes to remind them that God is still going to come. That great day of the Lord is near, and it is hastening fast. There will be judgment. You can imagine after, after year after year of God not coming and judging uh, his people, they begin to think, well, maybe he won't come at all. And a sense of complacency would set in. And so Zephaniah warns them, reminds them, the great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. He describes that day. Verse 15, a day of wrath is that day, a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blast and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the lofty battlements. He describes that great and terrible day as a day of battle. When God will come and vindicate himself, when God will come and absolutely devastate all of his enemies, the nations will be brought to nothing on that great and terrible day of the Lord, a day of God's fiery destruction. Why? Why does God come to the nations and judge them and destroy them in this way? Verse 17, I will bring distress on mankind so that they shall walk like the blind because they have sinned against the Lord. They have sinned against God. And he is a just God. The, the nations failed to recognize who God was. The nations refused to acknowledge him. He was the God of his people. They had seen his mighty acts and yet refused to, to acknowledge him. They, the nations trusted in themselves for everything that they needed. Now, we didn't read from chapter 2, uh, the verses 4 through the end, but that, that outlines God's judgment on the various nations he will come to destroy. That section ends in chapter 2, verse 15. This is the exultant city that lives securely, that set in her heart 
I am, and there is no one else. They were self-sufficient, no need for God. What a desolation she has become, a lair for wild beasts. Everyone who passes by her hisses and shakes his fist. They said, we exist, and that's all that there is. No need for the God of Judah. They had sinned against God. And no one, no one in the nations would escape that judgment from chapter 1, verse 18. We read there, neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them from the day of the wrath of the Lord. Even the rich, even the powerful, even the mighty would feel that fiery destruction in the fire of his jealousy. All the earth shall be consumed for a full and sudden end he will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. God's destruction upon the nations, those who would refuse to acknowledge him. But it's more than about destruction upon the nations. It's destruction upon God's people as well. That's where the prophecy begins. Chapter 1, verse 2. I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord, I will sweep away man and beast. I will sweep away the birds from the heavens and the fish of the sea and the rubble with the wicked. I will cut off mankind from the face of the earth because of the Lord. I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I will cut off from this place the remnant of Baal and the idolatrous priests. I will not only judge the nations, I will stretch out my hand against Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, that place where God would have his name dwell, that special city loved by him. We read that earlier in Psalm 87. God loves the Mount Zion more than all the rest of Israel. But I will bring my destruction there, he says. And he gives the reasons as well. I will, verse 4, I will cut off from this place the remnant of Baal, false worship, and the name of the idolatrous priests along with the priests, those who bow down on the roof to the hosts of heaven. They were worshiping the stars. Those who bow down and swear to the Lord, and yet swear by Milcom, another god as well. Those who have turned back from following the Lord who do not seek the Lord or inquire of him. God would judge his people for false worship and for a lack of devotion to him, being singly purposed to serve him alone. And beyond that, not caring about it, being apathetic from verse 12. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps and I will punish the men who are complacent those who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. God, we don't care what you're going to do. We, we don't care about you. A lack of concern, a lack of zeal, a lack of devotion to God. And therefore, God would come in destruction upon Jerusalem, upon Zion, upon his own people, Judah. From chapter 3, verse 2, we read this regarding Jerusalem, she listens to no voice. She accepts no correction. 
She does not trust in the Lord. She does not draw near to her God. And therefore, God would come to destroy. Fiery destruction upon the nations and destruction upon Judah, Jerusalem, his people. Zephaniah comes to announce that word of warning to them. And it's, it's, it's a word that we need to hear as well, because this word happened historically. It happened to the nations and to Judah, but it also points our eyes forward eschatologically to that final time God will come and bring judgment upon the earth. And he will bring that fiery destruction once again. And so uh, we have to ask ourselves, God judged them for a lack of zeal, a lack of devotion. What is the character of our zeal and devotion for the things of the Lord? Chapter 2, verse 3. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, who do his just commands. Seek righteousness. Seek humility. Perhaps you may be hidden on the day of the anger of the Lord. Yes, there is refuge, but not for those who ignore God, for those who flee to God and find Him as their safety, as their refuge, as their solace. Look to Him as the one who will protect them in the day of fiery destruction. From chapter 3, verse 5, the Lord within her is righteous. He does no injustice. Every morning he shows forth his justice. Each dawn he does not fail, but the unjust knows no shame. God is righteous. God is just. God will not allow sin to go unpunished in the nations or in the church. And so he calls us to flee to him, to, to learn the lessons from history. This did happen historically. Look at chapter 3, verse 6. I have cut off nations, their battlements are in ruins. I have laid waste their streets so that no one walks in them. Their cities have been made desolate without a man, without an inhabitant. I said, surely you will fear me. You will accept correction. Then your dwellings would not be cut off according to all that I've appointed for you. But all the more they were eager to make their deeds corrupt. Israel would fail to learn from history. God has come in judgments before, and he will come with a final judgment. We are those who must, who must flee to him, who must not be confirmed in our sin, but rather confess our sin and find our hope and our refuge in that final fiery destruction, because that's the other part of Zephaniah's prophecy. As he talks about that great and terrible day of the Lord. Yes, it is a day of fiery destruction for the nations and for Judah. But there's also the wonderful promise of God's deliverance for those who seek him. From chapter 3, verse 11. On that day, you shall not be put to shame 
because of the deeds by which you have rebelled against me. For then I will remove you, remove from your midst your proudly exultant ones. You shall no longer be haughty in my holy mountain, but I will leave in your midst a people humble and lowly. They seek refuge in the name of the Lord, those who are left in Israel. For those who seek refuge in God, there would be deliverance. He comes to Judah and he says, I'm going to come in fiery destruction. But for those who seek me, there will be deliverance for you, my people. For those who humble themselves before me, for those who trust in me in what I have done for you. And so there is this, this hope for Judah. They would not be completely destroyed. There would be the remnant that would remain. And that doesn't surprise us so much. God had promised he would never leave his people completely. There would always be a remnant. But what is surprising is that in Zephaniah, he contrasts uh, in the destruction, the nations and Judah, both coming under destruction. Same is true in deliverance. Judah would be delivered if they sought their refuge in God. And so would the nations. Chapter 3, verse 9. For at that time, I will change the speech of the peoples, that's the nations, to pure speech, that all of them may call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord. The nations, those who, who fled to God, would be converted. God would act powerfully in them, and they would call upon the name of the Lord, and he would hear, and he would answer. Uh, God says that he will purify their speech, that speech, a picture of their hearts from the, from the mouth, the heart speaks. God would convert the nations, those who would seek him, flee to him, and they would be safe through that fiery destruction. They, too, would receive the promised deliverance, and they would serve him. Chapter 3, verse 10, from beyond, uh, 3, verse 9, we're going to finish up. That all who may call upon the name of the Lord may serve him with one accord from beyond the rivers of Cush. My worshipers, the daughters of my dispersed ones, shall bring my offering. All of them bringing praise to God. That's what happened historically. There would be those in the nations who would be converted by God and turned to Him. And that is what will happen eschatologically as well. God continues to convert the nations. We have the promise for the people of God, the promise for Zion, that all who flee to Him will find joy and hope and refuge in Him. But the same is true for the nations. For those who, who are not born into Zion, but for those in whom God is active and they hear the word of the Lord and they respond in faith. The judgment is removed and deliverance is given to them as well. At that time, I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech and all may call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord. And that's the gospel that goes out again tonight. If you do not yet know this God as your refuge, there is a coming day of the Lord. There is a day coming of fiery destruction where all 
who are outside of God's grace will be judged and destroyed. And yet there's wonderful news in the hope of deliverance for all, for absolutely all, who put their trust in Jesus Christ, the great deliverer, our great refuge. We will be taken through that judgment through that destruction and spend an eternity with our God as the people of Zion, the people of Jerusalem, serving and praising Him. That's how Zephaniah ends his prophecy. Verse uh, 13 of chapter 3. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exalt with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. He's talked about judgment, but also deliverance. And therefore sing, shout, rejoice, daughter of Zion, daughter of Jerusalem, you people who belong to the Lord. It is a time of joy and celebration. It was celebration historically for the people of Judah, but it is also a celebration for us. We who are found in Zion, we who are chosen by God, who have made Mount Zion, Jerusalem, our habitation, God's made promises to us. Promises of deliverance because of the work of His Son, Jesus Christ. There is a coming final judgment, but we need not fear. Zephaniah reminds us, we are those who can rejoice. From verse 15 of chapter 3, the Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. In that day, it will be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord is in your midst, the Mighty One who will save. We will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by His love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. That's the destiny of all who are found in Zion, in Christ Jesus. On that great and terrible day of the Lord, there will be a fiery destruction. It happened historically. It happened to the nations. It happened to Judah. And it will happen eschatologically. There will also be deliverance. There was deliverance historically for Judah and for the nations. And there will be deliverance eschatologically at that final day when all of God's people, all who have embraced Jesus Christ, will be brought into that future glorious Mount Zion, that Jerusalem that will praise God forever. Zephaniah gives us the key in Zephaniah chapter 2, the first three verses. He says, gather together, yes, gather, O shameless nation, before the decree takes effect. It's going to happen. Do it now. Before there comes upon you the burning anger of the Lord, before there comes upon you the day of the anger of the Lord, seek the Lord, all you humble of the land who do His just commands, seek righteousness, seek humility, perhaps you may be hidden in the day of the anger of the Lord. That's God's call to us tonight. When we think about the future, we think about that final judgment, don't seek refuge in yourself, but seek refuge in the Lord. It will be a day of judgment upon God's enemies, a day of fiery destruction for those in the world and those who are unfaithful in the church. 
and yet for those who truly belong to God, who have sought Him with all their heart, a day of promised deliverance and an entry into an eternity of praising our God. Let's join together in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for your word and for all of that word. We thank you for those texts which remind us you are loving and gracious and kind and merciful. And yet we know, O God, also you are a vengeful God, one who is righteous and holy and just, and all of these things are true about you in perfection. Lord God, we thank you for the prophet Zephaniah who describes to us that great day of the Lord. We know that that day did come for the nations and for Judah, and we know that day will come for us. Lord God, help us to flee to you. Help us to flee to Jesus Christ, to seek you while you may be found, for only there is our hope and our comfort and our assurance. Thank you, O God, for the glorious salvation you have accomplished for us so we can have surety in that great final day of the Lord. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.